Taking a break from all your worries Sure would help a lot Wouldn't you like to get a while? White red. The white baby. And we're live. Good evening, everybody, or morning, or uh, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. This is Makes You Think, the show on the Red Pool Project that airs every Saturday at 5.30 p.m. Uh, 5.30 p.m. Pacific, uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, where we talk about things that make you think, from the paranormal to the weird and wacky to the scientific and time travel and levitation and aliens and just all these cool concepts and theories and sometimes far out there ideas as well as some ideas that maybe are closer to reality and nature than we might think um of course as always i have my co-host jim bob here jim bob your costumes are the best dude thank you for joining tonight how you doing what do you got going on here Fantastic. It's Mr. Freeze tonight. I figured I'd uh, show you guys the one that I've been working real hard on to debut this year for like Halloween and stuff. Of course, it's got these cool glowing, glowing head frames. So cool. I'll kick the light on so that we can actually see all my awesome silver going on. So, Dude, too it's, cool, it's, man. It's pretty good. I've, I've already been out in it a couple times. It's pretty fun. Everybody's sort of catching on to which one it is. So. Awesome. Dude, well, good to be here. As you all know, this is Jim Bob Oval Shorts from the Unconstitutional Awakening podcast. Also, you could find him at www.unconstitutionalawakening.com. Follow him on Rumble. I'll put it. Uh, it's it. His website's in the description, but here, follow his Rumble page. Follow his podcast. There's some great interviews and discussions with his co-hosts there. So give him a follow. Show some love. We've had a lot of fun for Spooky Month. We've been doing a lot of these type subjects like me and you like over here on Makes You Think. So I can't wait till uh, Monday, actually. We got a we got a Spooky Month Monday episode that kind of goes along with the stuff we're going to talk about tonight. Ooh, what do you got going on? Oh, man, I met this paranormal guy named Chaz of the Dead, and he's... Chaz. He, cool. Yeah, dude, he's pretty wild and laid back, and we had... We had a really good conversation, and he actually brought up some of this uh, anti-gravity stuff in this Victor fella, and okay. I was like, man, like, we really need to dive into that. With uh, I was like, I really need to dive into that. Do you know who I need to dive into it with? Vince. <laughs> yes. You'll dive, you know, you'll dive into stuff like this with oh, Dude, and I am just, I apologize. I apologize. I am so exhausted. I have just been reading, and then, like, I don't know what it is about reading, but for me, especially if it's like mathematics or something really scientific, my eyes glass over and I become super tired. And I've just been trying to read as much as I can about what we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> and that is this man named Victor um, Grebonikov. Grebonikov. I and couldn't even pronounce it, man. I wasn't going to try. Actually, when you told me, you pronounced it the other day, you told me, let's look into Victor, look up Victor Grabonikov's and, and blah, 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 or Grabonikov, there's no S. And I was yeah. like, okay, and I typed it in my notes as you told me that, and then I was like, all right, man, see you later. When I came back and I started doing my research, I spelled his name, first, middle, and last, perfectly. 
And I was like, nice. oh my gosh, <laughs> I've been reading Bravo. too much Russian crap. It's Viktor Stepanovic Grabenikov. I can't even say it, but apparently I could spell it if you tell me. And this guy, man, is he fascinating. And this kind of follows the same kind of pathway that we started yesterday on Fringe. Um, so I'm really excited. And I think we'll kind of stay in this lane for another week or two and keep exploring it because there's so much there and we're really just scratching the surface um and it's just too fun i can't resist oh yeah man there's a, there's there's so much good stuff in here and i think it's just i think this is an important rabbit hole all the way around anyway so absolutely dude so i hope you guys i mean obviously if you're hearing this you found this broadcast either live or later on on the audio only or on the uploads later but we are no longer on Facebook for now, temporarily, again. And we're no longer on YouTube for now, temporarily, again. Um, so follow us on everywhere else. You know, Rumble. D- yeah, it's my fault. Uh, Rumble D Live, Pilled, which, Jim Bob, you should consider getting on Pilled. What's, which one's Pilled? Foxhole. The Foxhole. Fox dude. Okay. Oh, dude. Right. I'll send, I'll, we could. Uh, We'll talk about it because it's a really great thing. All you got to do is you stream directly there or I don't actually, I don't know if they do uploads, but once you start doing live shows, it's yeah. a good one to plug into your thing. Cause it's a wonderful okay. community. And we that's, st- that, that's that podcast in 2.0 that uh, Vince or Luis keeps can try to convince me about. <laughs> well, they have the, they have um, like a crypto kind of like D live. They have crypto embedded into it, or I don't know if it's crypto, but their own monetary system is cool. Odyssey does that too, and I'm, I'm oh, over yeah. there on that channel. So and maybe awesome. Twitter soon. I don't know. Maybe. Well, I mean, I'm not. I haven't been deleted yet, so I, I guess he assumes I'm not a bot. Oh my gosh! Yeah, right. I don't know about that whole thing. Pretty wild. There's a bunch of interesting, wild things going on. That's for sure. Oh yeah, dude. I know you keep up with it more than me because you do the news, but but boy, howdy. <laughs> I too. The memes have, the oh. memes have been great, and I've had some fun making some of them. So, yeah, that's funny. You you just said you do the news. I don't know about that. And it reminded me of a comedian Ari Shafir, where he does a bit where, well, he it's not even a bit. He lives his life not giving a crap about the news, and he's just like life is so much better living ignorantly. And he's like so he does crowd. He's a comedian, and he's doing crowd work. He's like so somebody in the crowd yells something out, and then we'll we'll you know kind of riff he'll riff on it and they'll talk about that news and it's just hilarious it's just it's wonderful but yes i do unfortunately do the news um but this is this is like uh this kind of stuff here is magical and amazing and a lot more entertaining to me um this kind of thing so let's get into it man victor grabenikov who the hell is he? What is this? What's going on? And what are we talking about? We're talking about anti-gravity technology, folks. <laughs> so I guess I guess I could share this um, web page, this first page here. What do you think? Yeah. Do you want to tell yeah. us a little bit about this this man? Well, I mean, yeah, I can. I, I'm I'm down to jump right into some of the stuff, man. This dude, this dude was met, like creating anti-gravity technology before anybody even knew what anti-gravity technology was going to be you know what i'm saying like he was it he had figured out how to use beetle shells and like figured out they had some kind of 
weird and you know anti-gravity property because you know yeah. there's a whole thing out there vince about how yeah you know me and you mentioned this one i think when i mentioned this to you about how it doesn't make sense how a lot of beetles and bees and stuff like that fly because yeah their their proportions <laughs> you know don't 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 sit right yeah and so you told me this and i've heard this before and so i did a little google research typed it in on a good old Google chat and read some of the things that is fed to you by big tech on the first couple pages. And it's pretty funny. People are like debunking it, of course, and supporting it. So you get all angles, right? Mostly it's hard to find anything supporting such a theory, even though you start digging into it and it really starts making you scratch your head and be like, nothing is what it seems. We live in the matrix. This is insane. But Basically, I heard the argument. They're like, people say that beetles and bees and such certain insects cannot f actually fly because of the proportions of their bodies and wings and just the whole uh, anatomy of it all. And they're like, this is bullshit. They're like, the <laughs> for bees example, they create hurricanes under their wings propelling them forth and it's totally possible that's their explanation i'm just like all right i'm not convinced either way at this point but <laughs> so it's just it's hard to well, figure this stuff when, out when you start finding stuff like this and you're like huh you know and you, you want to question it but then you look at at the the so-called professional idea of it and it, you know like that giving you the excuse oh well they create little hurricanes underneath them when they fly and you're just like Wait, wait they, what? Like, do they? Like, <laughs> like who, who come up with this idea? Like, oh. and so it's, it's stuff like that. You're like, well, then if somebody else yeah. is giving you solid proof, like Victor did, like he, he created this neat little device and, and was levitating with it like that. Yeah, he did. And video evidence and stuff. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. And he utilized the beetle shell and the way he discovered this is fascinating. This guy seems like he would be a really cool guy to know. Um, okay, real quick though, before we get back to him, the bees, have you seen this? Um, this video went viral. I'm trying to find it of a bunch of bees flying around and then the lights get turned off and they all just drop to the ground. No. And it's like bees can't fly in the dark or at night. Huh. I mean, you never do see bees at night. They don't fly. They just land immediately. Uh, here we go. So if you, so if you make it dark, they just shut off. Yeah, I think are, I found it. Are, yeah, yeah. Are bees not real? Bees? Is any of this real? <laughs> oh my gosh! Here's the video. Well, I found it on Reddit. So there's bees in this container. Whoa! They are flying about. Let me see. Oh. As soon as they turn oh. off the lights, they all drop. Here, let me go back. They just fall. I just seen it. They just fall. Or these might not be bees, but maybe some beetles or something. They seem large. Whoa. Yeah. All of them drop. It's so weird. And I thought, like, is this connected to this? How they're actually flying? Or maybe they just, maybe they really do fly and they aren't wanting to fly in the dark. Bees use Ooh. light to navigate. If the sun sets before they get back to the hive, they stay on the field until the next morning. This person says that bees are powered by solar energy. Their batteries run on about half a second after the light sunlight disappears. Yes. I like that. So 
it's just another part of this where I was like, huh. And this is a picture here of Viktor Grebenikov on his flying device um, that yeah. he invented. Up off the ground, there's like there's no there's no propulsion system or nothing like that to it. It's it's beetle it, shells. You know, when you, it's beetle shells on the bottom of like a wooden plank with mm-hmm. bike handlebars. Yeah, and it has a switch or two. And this guy's so interesting, dude. I was just learning about him and reading some of his quotes and stuff. There's actually quite a bit out there, including this document I found by him called mm-hmm. um, "My My World" by Viktor Grabenikov. The natural phenomena of anti-gravitation and invisibility in insects due to the Grabenikov uh, cavity structure effect he calls CSE. He wrote this. Translation. It's translated from Russian. I'll, I'll share this uh, entire document with you guys on the Social Red Pill app, as well as our other sources here, so you could kind of dig into this, because there's so much here, including not just in what he wrote, but in some other people's work as well, other scientists. Yeah. And I'll share that with you. I found another document we'll get to in a minute, but um, this dude was fascinating. He was born uh, in the early 1900s. What year? I'm trying to just... I have my notes here, but I always end up putting them out of order. Um... I feel personally attacked by that statement. What? Oh. <laughs> no, I'm trying. I'm being funny. Like, like that's that's definitely something I would do is have them all out of whack. <laughs> yeah, he was born in 1927. In the uh, uh, he was born in 1927 in the Crimean Peninsula. Ended up moving in more further into Russia, and where he did this experimentation. He was best known for being an etymologist, which is a scientist who studies insects. Okay which is how he came to this discovery. He's a naturalist, a painter, an outdoorsman. Some say that maybe he was a poet because of the way that he wrote. And one of the things that he wrote just really struck me. And let hear this, okay? Hear this. He said, A quiet evening in the steppe. The sun's red disc has already touched the faraway misty horizon. Pods of ducks gleam over the evening lake. Sandpipers are also heard in the distance. The high pearl-covered sky stretches over the calming world of the steppe. How good is it to be out here in the open country? And that's what he would do. He'd oftentimes go out in the open country and chill and just lay in the grass or whatever. And one day he was laying down in a field and he created a pillow out of whatever was around him and just was laying there and he started feeling sick. His ears were ringing, he reported, and he had an uncomfortable feeling, and he said he could taste a, like, metal in his mouth, like, like if you sucked on a penny. Yeah. Um, and he started investigating why he felt terrible in that area, and he found that he was laying over an underground bee city, a hive, a nest, which were all over. He wrote that, quote, the entire step is dappled with their holes like Swiss cheese and in places almost like a sponge. So he realized, oh, I was laying right over this nest. And he returned again and again and kept finding the same results. If he was, you know, a few meters away from this area, he felt fine. But as soon as he was hovering over it for a period of time, he started feeling sick. Hmm. Um, and eventually he found a collapsed beehive and he collected the nest and the honeycomb and... 
he was noticing an effect from the honeycomb. He's like, I swear, when I put my hand over the honeycomb, it feels warm. I get lightheaded. Or, and he had other people test it too. They're like, I feel coldness. I feel warmth. I feel heat. My hand feels like it's being pushed around. Just weird stuff. And he tried to measure it. And he said that, quote, thermometers, ultrasound detectors, magnetometers, electro, uh, electrometers did not respond to this force in the slightest. Um, and metal didn't block the effects, but he noticed too, that things like clocks wouldn't operate accurately around them. The clock thing around the force, the clock thing we hear a lot with kind of the paranormal or these kind of phenomenon, right. Or people that even are really in tune. They're like, I'm really in tune with this stuff. And I can't, I can't wear a watch because I just, it doesn't work or whatever. Right. I know people like that. I'm like that too. Like so, I don't, I don't do watches. That's interesting. Well, a lot of people don't do watches nowadays because they don't know how to read time. But that's different. No, no, but. no. I can read the clock. <laughs> I'm not saying you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what time it is? It's chill time, bro. <laughs> chill time. Stay in character, Jim Bob. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Points for Jim Bob. <laughs> had to get had had to get an ice pun in there somewhere. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh my gosh. So, um, what a wonderful, like, I guess this is like his origin story, Victor. Uh, Victor? Is that his name? Yeah, Victor. Yeah. It's, 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 and at least it doesn't sound like a supervillain's origin story. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's good. But he is Russian, so. He seemed like a pretty good guy. <laughs> you know, he wasn't, he wasn't up to anything off kilter, I would think. He was just kind of trying to make neat. Yeah, he's floating like, devices. He seemed like a good guy, man. Like he just loved nature and bugs and science and the outdoors and he I mean, got himself. Are, yeah. Bugs are interesting. That's some of the first things we pay attention to as kids. Think about that. Playing chasing after ants and butterflies and stuff like that. Like my yeah. my little kids still play with stuff like chase for after stuff like that. Yeah, and nature really is the best craftsman of of technology i think because we model everything after nature and the only thing the only reason why these devices that humans make work are because of the nature of reality so you have planes for example the airfoil shape of the wings and you have birds and things of this nature so it's it's cool it's cool it's cool government drones (laughs) birds are drones did we do this Birds episode? Or was this uh, we've before? done. I, mean, I talk about this any chance I get, sir. Birds are not it's, real. It's a real. It, it, there's a. There's a real like. Like it's not just the birds aren't real thing. There is an actual real conspiracy behind it where there there was CIA ordered to kill a bunch of birds and oh they replaced them with drones for for Russian spying. These sons of guns. Um, damn, we should have had Summer back on tonight thinking they about were it. Pro- they were probably trying to spy on Victor and his floating device. How do you think they, they got keen to it so quick? I was just thinking, you know, birds fly and insects also fly. But insects usually have these super thin, fragile wings, oftentimes protected by an outer shell, like beetles. Yeah. Um, birds just have these huge wings where you tell me a bird flies by lift, that makes more sense because we can mimic that we could build a fake wing and put smoke air through or we could test it and actually see how wings work and how they create lift bugs 
I am not convinced that these bugs are just like flapping the hell out of their wings and flying around. Uh, not 100%. People say that maybe it's the vibrations, maybe it's some kind of unknown force like Victor has discovered, etc. And maybe, you know, don't shoot the messenger. And if you have any contrary information or ideas, put them in the comments or let us know um, anywhere. We appreciate it because I'm trying to learn here. I don't know. I'm not. Look, I'm. Oh, my opinion might be different in a month. I'll say that. That's right. That's right. You never know where it's going to go. Yeah. I always like learning new stuff. Yeah, man. So, so, um, Victor ended up taking some shells from these beetles and he put them on a plate <clears throat> and he noticed that one of them levitated and they were like kind of interacting with each other. Like there was, um, static static electricity i and some people say that because people try to recreate this and it will do this people could recreate this and it people are like oh you rubbed wool on it and it's just the static electricity you think we're stupid oh my god but they went further than just that and alleged that they could levitate obviously he had his levitating device but that they could um levitate other objects and um, I think I have some clips of that. Oh, sweet. Yeah, well, because, like, the you know, like, you know where this goes back to again? What? The Coral Castle. Coral Castle? Remind me what that is. The the big the big castle down in uh, Florida that, that just got built overnight by old dude. That was a mason, and they don't have any explanations for it and stuff. Okay, so you have There's that a, box? Yeah, dude. Flew around? making things levitate this is that alleged technology um making stuff levitate and notice he has a pyramid in the background here and i guess that comes into the lane of sacred geometry sorry so what is this you're telling you're talking about i forget what this is the coral castle you don't remember yeah. what the coral castle i don't is? i don't recall it's uh all right hang on you're gonna have to make me so i don't i don't want to sound dumb i want to make sure i have my have my words yeah right don't here. don't take my moves yeah, 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 yeah. So the cor <laughs> the coral castle. <clears throat> there it goes. The coral castle is down there. I want to get the exact place that it's at. It's down there in Florida. Uh huh. And it it was secretly carved out of one thousand one hundred tons of coral rock, and no one knows the process of how it was like built or moved or you know made or anything like that there's been bunches of different theories whether it be frequencies to make it move or maybe you know some kind of scarab or something a scarab beetle shells or weird stuff i just sent you a link oh thank you because i'm I like to... looking at stuff i'm like is this what we're talking about what the it, yeah this is what we're talking about it, yeah yeah because okay. because it because it, it defies gravity you know what i'm saying it does? like they don't there, the 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 idea of how it was built and stuff like there's no because one man claims to have done it um because it's made of like heavy blocks of coral it's made yeah like it's carved out of coral and stuff and they only one man did it and it it like almost appeared overnight as you know what I'm saying like yeah, it's gallery. it's yeah there's probably some good pictures in there. dude I don't think we talked about this. You, oh, I'll have to dive. We'll have to make a whole episode about this because it was. Okay. There's there's a bunch of good stuff about this. Yeah, it's not loading for me right now. Okay. We will. That's awesome. Oh, Crystal Castle. 
All right, let me Coral. write that. Oh, Coral yeah. Castle. <laughs> Sorry, thank you. Coral Castle. Let me put that in my notes. <laughs> crystal Crystal oh, Castle. Oh, I, I bet there is a Crystal Castle. Now I've got to look and see if there's a Crystal Castle. Coral oh. Castle. I'm like going to my phone to put this. I have a pen and paper right here for a reason. Gosh, I'm so brainwashed. Give me my device. Well, and you know, believe it or not, it saves all of our chat links when when we're done with the Zoom chat at the end of the night. It does. It does. Where? Uh, when in the file when you when you finish up and it gives you those three separate files. I don't get that. You don't. Well, when I'm done recording on Zoom, I get <laughs> I get a little I get a little thing that oh, gives me three separate files. I'm, I'm not recording on Zoom. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? What am I doing wrong? Maybe I should. I don't know. I just feel like it's another process running that's redundant. Yeah, on your end. Oh wait, but then, I guess that would be smart. Yeah, I should probably start doing that. Because then I have the entire file just ready. Just ready. Just oh, ready to go. Wow, I'm so dumb. I guess learn something new every day. Uh, hey, I'm not dumb, we're all actually. Just out here try- we're all just out here trying, bro. I'm a damn genius. I'm not dumb. I just say that sometimes. Pretending. Um, you're, you're on the pop level of some of the smart guys I know. So. <laughs> Thank you, Jim Bob. Back at you. So, um, this dude... He published his article that we have. Um, he had another breakthrough in 1988 where he was examining the shells of insects under a microscope. And he noticed, and this is his words, quote, an unusually rhythmic, extremely ordered, incomparable honeycomb, solid, multidimensional composition which looked as if it was pressed by some complicated automatic machine. So I guess the pattern, microscopic pattern on these beetle shells was uh, hexagonal, hexagonal um, in nature. And kind of, um, I guess it would be sacred geometry-esque. Technically, yeah. Um. And so he believes maybe that I'm mean, I'm putting words in his mouth now, but apparently that has something to do with these anti gravitational effects that are alleged. I mean, I mean, clear. I mean, clearly he believed it had something to do with it, or he wouldn't have continued on his work for making the stuff. So I don't think you're too wrong there, bud. Yeah, man. Thank you. Um... And there's a lot of stuff, though, with this machine that he built. So he got thousands of these shells, and he put them underneath, glued them underneath this platform, and it looked like kind of like a, a scooter or something, and you stand on it, and there's a switch, and it flies. And he claims that it could go a 1,000 miles per hour and propel him through the air. And people are like, oh, yeah, right, you're full of it, blah, blah, blah. But he's like, I'm serious. And he also claimed that was possible because some kind of force field was created that was um, protecting him from any inertial effects. So there is no inertia. You're not going to be jerked around. It's just like you're floating. You're in your own space, totally separate from the space around you. Like, it's like the world around you moved, and you just kind of moved up in the air. And yeah, it's like, like space-time disconnection. or I don't know what it is. It's your own personal bubble disconnected from everything else. It's weird. And they say, like, from below... You just see like an orb of light, which reminds me of UFOs, or you see just like a cloud of nothing or just like clouds. And uh, 
he was actually ridiculed and criticized and his patents weren't accepted. And it's just one of these same stories that we hear from these adventurers or scientists on the fringe where they're kicked down and spit upon. But some say I was reading that he was a part of some like secret science organizations locally where it's like these people get together and they do their own thing because for the love of doing it, not for any of the clout or the publishing and the acceptance of the official, uh, the official science of the world, if you will. Well, I mean, they, I mean, there, I guess there's in the conspiracy realm of things, there's rumor is that his, his discoveries kind of fed back into the creation of, of, certain government spacecraft looking things like yeah that one that's like that one that's pictured in that link that you pulled up a couple times already oh, you want tonight. me to pull it back up oh yeah you're welcome to yeah we have um bob lazar's allegations about these reverse engineered yeah the tr3b yes. and other things yes. you know you have roswell right and then apparently the u.s government started reverse engineering anti-gravity machines this is like the same technology correct it's supposed to be the same technology and that that and you know like these are two separate dudes on two opposite ends of the earth and all of a sudden bam their their stuff ties together so you know was victor really onto something is that why they is that why they started dragging him like they would do any other science you know i've seen recently how it's common to drag scientists that have alternative views you know what i mean like yeah <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right I, I mean, I, I find it fascinating, though, and, 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 and the bugs, like, you know, I guess, you know, we're always talking about space or the ocean or stuff yeah. like that, and, like, why why not pay attention to the bugs? That's that's pretty interesting to, to think that there is something there, because, you know, these things fly around you all the time, beetles and mm-hmm. bees and Lord knows what, and what, you know, yeah, they're, they're pretty advanced, I guess naturally technolo- technologically at the same time like you right. mentioned earlier absolutely there's some phenomenal stuff man um when it there, comes to one nature. of the links one of the links i sent you it was talking about how like bees and you know their their flight patterns and stuff are like connected to like quantum physics and whatnot like it's Whoa. it's it it ties back into the geometry and stuff like that oh shit yeah, yeah. I mean, like this. You're you're not the only one who got a little fascinated Where's... on this subject the other night. It's the the B quantum. I know it's in. I know I sent you a okay. bunch of links. Yeah. I apologize. It's hard to. Oh wait, B dance language. Uh, oh no, quantum honeybees. The quantum honeybees. And then we'll read this account of uh, Victor. Oh, bees are so fascinating, dude. They're magical. Uh, Bees don't have much in way of brains. Their inch-long bodies hold uh, at most a few million neurons. Yet with such meager mental machinery, honeybees sustain sustain one of the most intricate and explicit languages in the animal kingdom. They do this weird dance. This is a long article. Oh, yeah, it's a super long article. You could just share it, like, with the... Okay. With the episode, or, you know, we'll get it shared up there, but it, it... it just talks about how there's sacred ge- sacred geometry in their dances and and connected to their like flight patterns and stuff like that. So, like this goes back into all of this. Like there seems to be something like the nature reoccurring over and over. There's 
their their flight patterns are sacred geometry. Their the shells in their body are sacred geometry. The Damn. the the shapes in their wings even have some sacred geometry in it and stuff. And you look yeah. at them under a microscope. There's so a it's word like, for that. There's a word for that. I learned today, and I can't so, remember it. But we should come across it during the show. So it's like it's like you know are are these bugs more tied back into this other realm we discuss seeing out of perspective? <laughs> They're Cause, doing. You know, because sometimes bees just appear, bro. Huh. I, I'll just be sitting there minding my own business, and bam, there's a bee. <laughs> it's true. It's so trippy. Um, maybe they're doing some kind of seance. I'm just, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. But who knows, I mean, dude? Maybe it really does have effects. And they, yeah, they communicate that, that way. But let's read this real quick. Um one of Victor's accounts of during his research, he said, I was about to place a second identical plate with the same unusual cell structure on its underside, almost purposelessly on top of the first one. But then the little plate came loose from my tweezers, hung suspended above the other plate on the microscope. Oh, okay, we already knew this. That is when he noticed that the things started levitating on, on each other. Um, but... Let's see, this article, does it have anything else here? Oh, yeah. Ancient times, right? Egyptians, the scarabs. scarabs, These are beetles. They have wings. And this is like, they make the connection here. And then they make the connection to the Pyramid of Giza and the electromagnetic energy within that being this kind of similar device, um, not a tomb, like a lot of people say. Uh, I think this is pretty well accepted that this is a kind of device. This... Um, electro or I don't know uh, I guess electronic process inside the pyramids is the same thing as what this guy's studying apparently well, well uh, uh, my, my buddy Chaz that I made the other night kind of broke it down as when they you know people are always asking like how did they carry these rocks how did they carry these rocks on a little platform made with the on a little platform made with these beetle shells that they could turn on and several men could grab on either side and help control to where it goes which is why the scarab's sacred and they have it carved everywhere think about that that i mean that's like science fiction dude but uh, if it's real it's like science fiction is reality and and reality is stranger than fiction sometimes, man. <laughs> it so is. It, it it wouldn't surprise me really. It does nothing surprises me anymore to be honest. And to it would some of the stuff actually makes a little more sense than just oh, thousands of men did it. Eh, maybe like I, I like to I like to think pe- people don't give enough credit to people back then, and I like to think that they like to kick it sometimes and not want to always be working as well all the time, too. <laughs> they they had their own way of podcasting, even if it was yeah. just around a fire with each other. You know what I'm saying? Like They did not build that, dude. Not by hand. A- not alone. A- any but. engineer will tell you there's no way. There's something happened. Something that's beyond us happened. So could could the scarabs, have, like the technology of scarab shells, help build the pirate? pyramids like dude i wonder something i wonder that would be fascinating oh my gosh beetle beetle shell a mixture of beetle shells and aliens (laughs) trial and error in antarctica i'm not trying to get you kicked off anywhere else (laughs) we'll share the links everybody on the social red pill at www.socialredpill.com after the show or at the end of the show um holy mackerel yeah that's a good idea there so i was doing some research and i discovered this dude um 
David Davids. I'm sorry, his name's Dan Davidson, and he wrote a paper called Shape Power, or a book. And it's a treatise. A treatise? I don't know this word. I'm really not. I'm not a smart person. A treatise on how form converts universal ether into electromagnetic and and gravitic forces and related discoveries in gravitational physics. And he studied what um, this dude, uh, Victor, started and continued forward. This is Dan A. Davidson. I'll share this as well. And he goes into a lot of good stuff, dude. This thing was so good. Etheric physics of shape power. The ether, historical terms for ether, ether and its conversions, characterizations. He goes into the math. He goes into atomic structure, nuclear physics, all this crazy stuff. This is what I. This is why I said my eyes glossed over and I started falling asleep. But there's a couple things in here where I was like, oh, that's cool. Maybe we could talk about this. Um, and it's in my uh, out of order notes. Um, page fifty nine. Let's look here. So on page 59, he has this chapter called Chapter 3, Earth Energies. And he says that a new awareness of Earth Energies emerged in the 1920s when German dowsers found there were houses where the people got more cancer than their neighbors. You know what dowsing is, Jim Bob. Will you explain that yes. to people? Like dowsing, or you know, people, people down in the south call it witching, but it's where you use the two rods to like locate water. Or you can use it for other things than that, but the common practice that people see it using for is finding water. And people, plumbers and stuff that are digging wells nowadays are actually yeah. have been using dowsers because it's yeah. more accurate than using the people that <laughs> actually are supposedly have the equipment to find yeah. water. So yeah. Dude, it's fascinating. I believe that it, it's interesting, and this kind of supports the theory. Everyone's like, "That's pseudoscience. Dowsing rods are fake." But you get those people who are in that industry that swear by it and operate their business by it. They're not going to waste their money digging a well where there's not going to be water. It works. It's fascinating. It works. So they connected that phenomenon, or like having water underground, to people having cancer. Uh, they go on and say that physical analyses and dowsing analyses found underground veins of water crossing under the cancer houses and not under their neighbors' houses. Underground waterways that cross one above the other generate a vortexing energy in the etheric field which seems to affect people's health. Researchers have even found that trees growing over one of these spiral energy points will be affected by the vortexing energy and grow in a twisted p- twisted pattern. About. I've seen that too. About that same time, Alfred Watkins of Herefordshire, England, made an interesting discovery that made that many of the ancient holy sites lined up in straight lines. He called these ley lines, or lays. He theorized that the ancient people from the Neolithic and into the Chinese or into the Christian era located their holy sites on these ley lines. Dowsing mm-hmm. revealed the, that these ley lines are part of the Earth's energy system. And then it goes into ley lines, it goes into energy grids, and UFOs, how UFOs are related. This is a really good read, you guys, and it goes into like the nitty-gritty of it. Ancient shape power use of Earth energies. 
Some Indian tribes in southwestern U.S. used shape power in conjunction with earth energies to collect and focus earth energy in and around their dwellings and in their ceremonial buildings called kivas. Kivas act as a magnetic center to draw energies from the surrounding areas and refocus them out the top center of the kiva. A labyrinth is another one. A labyrinth is a single path, two-dimensional maze. There are left and right-handed labyrinths. Direction of the labyrinth maze determines the type of energy which it focuses. The esoteric function of the maze is to guide the person through the shape power pattern and tune them into the energies associated with the pattern. The obvious function is to channel earth energy. And these are all theories of the same principles discovered by uh, this Russian dude, uh, Victor. Yeah. Yeah. I keep calling him Victor. I think that's people, disrespectful, but I'm sorry. People, I can't remember his last name. People, they... Grip you know, people, are always, people are always like, oh, you know, they... Nobody else can do it or nobody else can prove it, but there has been other studies come around to these same conclusions, even in, like, quantum physics and stuff. So it's just like, well, yeah. So can't all dismiss of these, it anymore. Oh, wow. You make a really great point. And I just read this in this document, I think, and basically it says that the same principles utilized here with the sacred geometry, when it comes to sacred geometry and technology, um, which is utilized in different experiments that are similar to what we're talking about with these shells, these this concave shape that apparently transmutes energy, you have the pyramid studies. Um, and things like this. And basically what uh, Dan Davidson said, who wrote Shape Power, the document we were just looking at, the book, he said that these, exactly what you said right now, or essentially something along the same lines, of that the sacred geometry of the natural world has to be replicated in this technology in order to function. When it comes to quantum physics and all of these other real sciences going on, they utilize these same concepts. It's just the way it is because you have to you can't fight nature you got to utilize it and things will happen yeah absolutely <laughs> so it's it, it's silly to think that this guy that, that you know victor was was trashed and made fun of and stuff for finding things that you know other renowned scientists come to the same exact conclusion yeah and, and it's... <laughs> it goes even deeper because you know when we when you get to mention like the ocean and stuff you know there's a lot of ocean crustaceans that have similar shells and like similar attributes and are really just mm, you know like, bugs of the sea like crabs and crustaceans and just like clams yeah so i mean i would think that maybe this also ties back to me saying about the coral castle too because maybe the shells that are inside that coral and stuff had something to do with being able to move it so easily he used concave shells in his tech to build it or i don't know you concave shells inside the coral hmm. like all throughout the coral and so he used you know magnetic energy to help move it it's so fascinating dude i just think of the conch shell and how you can make a horn out of it and that it has that signature and spiral think, of, think about how how often in animation and you know movies and comic books and stuff like that the conch shell has had ridiculous amounts of power just from blowing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it so, goes back to those sacred sites that utilize sound in such a way yeah. that amplifies it and whatnot. And using yeah. something like a conch shell was something that happened. 
so so somewhere along the lines hmm. they have figured out the the ancients figured out frequencies and were using frequencies and magnetics and bug shells to build astronomical like amazing structures and stuff that we can't recreate today fascinating because we're trying to do it with lord knows what instead of trying to do it with what what earth gave us yeah man it really makes me want to just change the way i live my life it's like do i need to like start moving the energy properly and feng shui is a thing right that's an old chinese practice i thought this section was interesting down here of involve involve energy stuff in your life bro adjust your energy i need to I'm, I'm, you know, a work in progress, as they say. In this chapter, same chapter, uh, section 4.7.1 of Dan Davidson's Shape Power, he says that um, he gives an account of somebody named Les Brown, and he calls it Les Brown's shocking experience. And he wrote, A video I have by the late Canadian crystal researcher Les Brown tells of a huge charge of power he got from a large 30-foot pyramid which he built. See figure 4.7.1-1, which is right here. It's a pyramid with that is like um, a three-dimensional pyramid with a wire hanging from the center that is coiled as it dangles down towards the bottom of the pyramid. Uh, he says... He put a counterclockwise vortex shape copper stove wire with frayed ends at the top on the side of his uh, at the top on the side of his 30-foot pyramid to act as an antenna slash collector. At the bottom of the pyramid, he affixed a wire to a piece of quarter-inch plywood in a clockwise flat spiral, establishing the ground antenna. The center of the wire spiral was put through the plywood and grounded. The outer end of the flat spiral stuck up in the air so it could be attached to the wool thread coming from above. Two-inch staples went through the ground coil and through the plywood, further grounding the coil. From the apex antenna, he fixed a pure lamb's wool thread and dropped it down the center of the large pyramid. When he went to connect the thread to the spiral at the bottom of the pyramid, a high-voltage charge, or whatever type of energy he had connected with, knocked him 20 feet across the floor inside of the pyramid uh, into the wall. This scared him so badly, he took the whole thing apart and never did anything else with it. Whoa. That's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. And this is utilizing geometry and energy, the natural earth energies, to do weird stuff. Is it real? I don't know. But these accounts certainly make you think. Welcome to make you think, everybody. That's right. That's right. Makes you think. And there's. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer that, you know, those are... Like the pyramids and stuff are like some sort of energy generators. Yeah. And you know, I get, you know, I get into like think antique, so. antique tech, and how I feel that there's all this free energy that could be mm-hmm. that's being hidden from us. So, oh all this could gosh. tie into this. Oh my gosh, Jim Bob. We're gonna we're trying to solve the world's hardest problem, <laughs> dude. I wouldn't be surprised if we come up with some free energy device like in the next few years, like personally. Yeah. I'm not kidding. And it's Tesla's technology. We see Dr. Frankenstein doing it all the time. Or Dr. Funkenstein, or what's his name? Dr. Parkenstein? Parkenstein, yeah. I always mess that up. Sorry. There's there's that guy, and I've talked to a fella uh, that's using plastic trash and turning it back into gasoline. So... Ah, 
is he using microbes? I think I've heard of this. My- microwaves? Oh, I didn't know that. No, I've heard of like um, an animal that feeds on plastic. Man, and then this Okay, this is different. This but this, this this kid this kid's actually local to me and he has found a way to use um an old microwave to compound down plastic to plastic back to gasoline. Whoa. It's completely fascinating and he is a joy to talk to as well. So Interesting. He's going places. Apparently Lu Luis brought up that uh there's people in like Sweden doing this with on a bigger scale and stuff and that this kid from Georgia figured out how to do it in his backyard. Alright. That's really cool, but here's the problem. Why I, I like it, but I don't love it. Microwaves? He's plugging his microwave into the grid and consuming energy, which consumes coal or oil anyway. It's, uh, it's, it does get rid of it, some trash in the process, but still, it's not sure. like... Oh, sure, and, I know, It's the same argument. It's, it's, I saw... I, I'm just, I guess, I'm like... It's, I, I, I like him weird. because I like him because he's making a solution. For I don't not plastic. like him. Yeah. Like, like because but the microplastics is a bigger problem than burning coal. You know what I'm saying? Huge, like, oh, yeah. I don't think burning coal is a big problem at all. I'm just saying... I'm just making an argument, but yeah, good point. I thought of this same thing with, like, somebody taking trash out of the ocean. They're like, all we have to do is put this boat in there and scoop it up and this, and I'm like... I guess it's good. You make a good point that plastic in the environment is worse than utilizing energy to do it. I think so. But I find it ironic. I find it iron. I see irony there. Sure. I, and, and, and like, this, you know, this, this dude's like, his goal is trying to help with, like, the, the plastic problem. Because, I mean, we're even finding microplastics inside of humans now, bro. Like, yeah. it's getting, it's it's getting those are, those are, that's a forever thing. Like, we're stuck with this plastic till we find a solution. Mm-hmm. Well, allegedly. Allegedly. I've never seen little plastics. <laughs> it's probably true, but I've never seen it. Um, <laughs> I think that is real, um, for the record, but I haven't personally... It, it's all the boomers' fault. Put it in all the, uh, I'm, I'm kidding, but it's the, all the glitter they used <laughs> back in the Our in main the demographics 60s. boomers. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying I'm saying in like the I'm 60s. Think about it, but... Before they they got wise to glitter, they were just throwing it on the streets for people. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! So frivolous with that stuff. Shame, shame. <laughs> That's like that I is. I hate glitter. I hate glitter, bro. I don't like it I either. It. No, just only when I'm going everywhere. out in the town. It gets everywhere. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, a little glitter on a little glitter <laughs> my eyes for. For, for a Friday night hangout on the <laughs> corner is one thing, but that's, you know. Yeah, talk about that. mystical properties of an object. Glitter, what the fuck? <laughs> Microplastic. <laughs> Cut into a bazillion little pieces. Oh, that's such a terrible thing to make. And they went with it for so long and still make it. So wild. I know. I don't understand why they're still making it. Stupid. we got to come up with a better solution for shiny stuff. <laughs> LED lights work pretty well. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, well, what else have we got here? Uh, I have one more part in this book that I thought was interesting. And Jim Bob, I, uh, this made my day. Or, yeah, this made my research. Oh, whoops. Uh, worth it. I love this this book. Uh, Sacred Energy Movements. Ooh. 
And uh, just a quick little introduction. In the summer of 1995, I, this is Dan Davidson, decided that I needed to know more about how to personally manipulate etheric energy. A few days later, in a very vivid spiritual experience, I found myself in an open area with three beings. It was a beautiful place, green grass, a few nice trees, and beautiful, but with a feeling of great energies. The beings had a very intense energy field of or auras, which I could both see and feel. Their auras radiated great power, strength, and control. The beings were masters or adepts of etheric energy who had first totally mastered themselves. The master in charge showed me an energy movement to build up my energy field like theirs. I've had three more of these experiences since the first one in 1995, so there are a total of four movements, each designed for a specific purpose, but all under the general category of personal control and use and use of various aspects of universal energy. So he goes through these instructions of how to increase your like body energy. Huh. And he, he goes and explains which direction to face, which movements to make, and he goes through different movements. The cutter movement, the scoops movement, the snips movement, the sweeps. This is almost like, is almost like Tai Chi, bro. Exactly. Yes. And yeah. I was thinking about Tai Chi all episode yesterday on Conversations on the Fringe. Yeah. See, I, this, is, this is that ancient Asian wisdom onto something again. I think so. It's so cool. Yeah, and he includes data and all this stuff. But this, what a find! What a cool document to a cool book. I mean, you got you got monks everywhere and stuff that have been practicing that for eons. You know what I'm saying? Handed yeah. down from one monk to another, and like then here you go with this guy coming up with it scientifically. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Don't dismiss it. Definitely not, man. Can't. Um, this is cool he talks about the sh power of various shapes all shapes from a point to a line two parallel lines two intersecting lines multiple intersecting lines a triangle tetrahedron 12 point tesseract and a circle natural energy flows energy of a spiral just so much cool stuff blocking energy using the rule of four it's fascinating that this gets back into all this sacred geometry and stuff. Too. It does like all these all these different shapes and oh stuff like that. Like it it just points right back to it. Victor Schoberger, fifth forty two. Yeah, it really does tie back together, dude. And there are no coincidences. Um, Never. Oh, I could just read this all day. I'm sorry, I got distracted. Um, no, no, no. Is 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 that where he ties it back into some of Victor's work? Uh, I don't think it's the same Victor. Oh, okay. Him and his wife did experiments with shape power, various energy shapes. Um, but I mean, yeah, it is, is. He ties it to a guy named is, Victor. There is power in shapes, you know. That's what I think a lot of your like hieroglyphs and your old cave paintings, and even some, even in like old, like old pagan and English type stuff, you know, Celtic stuff. Even you see all yeah. these shapes, all these. You know, geometric shapes and sacred geometry shapes inside of things. So, you know, these these people knew this stuff, too. Right. Absolutely. And, well. This is where that, there's there's been, like, a disconnect in between 
what we consider knowledge and reality and then like what what like actually is there naturally yeah the invisible reality around us yeah yeah like yeah. And, it, and, it, and it seems like these you know people are always talking about oh they're people back in the day weren't technologically advanced but I, I I think I disagree like I think they were they knew how to use all of the technology of the earth and the ether and everything around them yeah like what if we could do an experiment this is impossible but hypothetically what if we could get somebody from a hundred years ago put them in a room with an average person from today and then observe them or not even put them in a room put them in nature together and have them live together for like a week or even put them into a small town with no technology um a small village from 100 years ago someone from today and someone from that time or 100 years prior to that time. So get someone... Okay, yeah, this is good. Take someone from 100 years in the future, or take someone from today and someone from 200 years ago, put them both in a time in between, so 100 years ago. Take someone from 1800s, put them in 1900. Take someone from now, put them in 1900 in a town, and see who really is dumber or less experienced or more useless. I don't know a better way to say it. I'm sorry if that seems harsh, but I bet you're right, Jim Bob. I think the person who has more like natural education would probably thrive more in this situation. Whereas the person who doesn't have their cell phone for 20 minutes will probably start crying and get into fetal position and not know basic nature stuff. Hey, that's, I mean, it, it pays to live in the sticks. Get a, I get a little bit of both. I got some technology and some, and some survival skills. Yeah, there's there. nothing wrong with technology if you know yeah. done properly. But. Absolutely, yeah. Technology should be there to aid us, not to mm. depend on. Everything in moderation, including moderation. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, we're coming to a close, dude. Where can people find your show and everything? Oh man, I am. I'm posted up just about everywhere. You can find all the main links though to get back to my Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute. Even even some episodes because I'm not I'm not kicked off YouTube yet. I got a couple of my non-controversial episodes loaded up on uh, YouTube now. But everywhere that you can find unconstitutional awakening or Jim Bob Little Shorts, or you can just hop over to unconstitutionalawakening.com and find all of it from right there. That's the spot. Yeah, unconstitutionalawakening.com, awakening.com. Uh, link in the description as well as I put the link in the beginning of the chats to follow Jim Bob on Rumble. But everything is available at mm -hmm. his website. So please show some love over there. Um, thank you all for joining us tonight. This was so freaking good. I was excited to do this episode. Like this. Uh, yeah. It's just rabbit hole after rabbit hole. And we'll revisit this next week. We'll probably stay somewhat on the same path. If you guys yeah. have any discoveries or bells were rung, contact us and we could maybe pull it up and discuss it together. Um, tomorrow, Mick and V Lynn are going live with their show, True Spiracy, where they go deep on different topics as well so tune into that everywhere we're streaming now they'll be streaming um tomorrow and monday we'll get back into the news and events for the week and then we'll get right back into a fun weekend next week enjoy halloween stay safe everybody and uh god speed <laughs>